Section 8 of A Chesterton Calendar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. A Chesterton Calendar by G. K. Chesterton. August. August 1st. A man must be orthodox upon most things, or he will never even have time to preach his own heresy. George Bernard Shaw. August 2nd. Just as one generation could prevent the very existence of the next generation by all entering a monastery or jumping into the sea, so one set of thinkers can in some degree prevent further thinking by teaching the next generation that there is no validity in any human thought. It is idle to talk always of the alternative of reason and faith. Reason is itself a matter of faith. It is an act of faith to assert that our thoughts have any relation to reality at all. If you are merely a skeptic, you must sooner or later ask yourself the question, why should anything go right, even observation or deduction? Why should not good logic be as misleading as bad logic? They are both movements in the brain of a bewildered ape. The young skeptic says, I have a right to think for myself. But the old skeptic, the complete skeptic, says, I have no right to think for myself. I have no right to think at all. Orthodoxy. August 3rd. Even among liars there are two classes, one immeasurably better than another. The honest liar is the man who tells the truth about his old lies, who says on Wednesday, I told a magnificent lie on Monday. He keeps the truth in circulation. No one version of things stagnates in him and becomes an evil secret. He does not have to live with old lies, a horrible domesticity. Introduction to the Old Curiosity Shop August 4th. The only way to remember a place forever is to live in the place for an hour, and the only way to live in the place for an hour is to forget the place for an hour. The undying scenes we can all see, if we shut our eyes, are not the scenes we have stared at under the direction of guidebooks. The scenes we see are the scenes at which we did not look at all, the scenes in which we walked when we were thinking about something else, about a sin or a love affair or some childish sorrow. We can see the background now because we did not see it then. Charles Dickens August 5th The keeper of a restaurant would much prefer that each customer should give his order smartly, though it were for stewed ibis or boiled elephant rather than that each customer should sit holding his head in his hands, plunged in arithmetical calculations about how much food there can be on the premises. What's wrong with the world? August 6th. Transfiguration. Joy, which was the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. The tremendous figure which fills the Gospels towers in this respect, as in every other, above all the thinkers who ever thought themselves tall. His pathos was natural, almost casual. The Stoics, ancient and modern, were proud of concealing their tears. He never concealed his tears. He showed them plainly on his open face at any daily sight, such as the far sight of his native city. Yet he concealed something. Solemn supermen and imperial diplomatists are proud of restraining their anger. He never restrained his anger. He flung furniture down the front steps of the temple and asked men how they expected to escape the damnation of hell. Yet he restrained something. 
I say it with reverence, there was in that shattering personality a thread that must be called shyness. There was something that he hid from all men when he went up a mountain to pray. There was something that he covered by abrupt silence or impetuous isolation. There was some one thing that was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth, and I have sometimes fancied that it was his mirth. Orthodoxy August the 7th Imperialism is foreign. Socialism is foreign. Militarism is foreign. Education is foreign. Strictly even liberalism is foreign. But radicalism was our own, as English as the hedgerows. Charles Dickens August 8th A cloud was on the mind of men, and wailing went the weather. Yea, a sick cloud upon the soul when we were boys together. Silence announced nonentity, and art admired decay. The world was old and ended, but you and I were gay. Round us in antic order their crippled vices came, lust that had lost its laughter, fear that had lost its shame. Like the white lock of Whistler that lit our aimless gloom, men showed their own white feather as proudly as a plume. Life was a flower that faded, and death a drone that stung. The world was very old indeed when you and I were young. They twisted even decent sins to shapes not to be named. Men were ashamed of honor, but we were not ashamed. Weak if we were and foolish, not thus we failed, not thus. When that black ball blocked the heavens, he had no hymns from us. Children we were. Our forts of sand were even as weak as we. High as they went we piled them up to break that bitter sea. Fools as we were in motley, all jangled and absurd. When all church bells were silent, our cap and bells were heard. The Man Who Was Thirsty August ninth. In practice no one is mad enough to legislate or educate upon dogmas of physical inheritance, and even the language of the thing is rarely used except for special modern purposes, such as the endowment of research or the oppression of the poor. What's wrong with the world? August 10th, the fall of the French monarchy. We, the modern English, cannot easily understand the French Revolution, because we cannot easily understand the idea of a bloody battle for pure common sense. We cannot understand common sense in arms and conquering. The French feeling, the feeling at the back of the Revolution, was that the more sensible a man was, the more you must look out for slaughter. Charles Dickens August 11th. Tom Jones is still alive, with all his good and all his evil. He is walking about the streets. We meet him every day. We meet with him, we drink with him, we smoke with him, we talk with him, we talk about him. The only difference is that we have no longer the intellectual courage to write about him. We split up the supreme and central human being, Tom Jones, into a number of separate aspects. We let Mr. J. M. Barry write about him in his good moments and make him out better than he is. We let Zola write about him in his bad moments and make him out much worse than he is. We let Maeterlinck celebrate those moments of spiritual panic which he knows to be cowardly. We let Mr. Rudyard Kipling celebrate those moments of brutality which he knows to be far more cowardly. We let obscene writers write about the obscenities of this ordinary man. We let Puritan writers write about the purities of this ordinary man. 
We look through one peephole that makes men out as devils, and we call it the new art. We look through another peephole that makes men out as angels, and we call it the new theology. But if we pull down some dusty old books from the bookshelf, if we turn over some old mildewed leaves, and if in that obscurity and decay we find some faint traces of a tale about a complete man, such a man as is walking on the pavement outside, we suddenly pull a long face, and we call it the coarse morals of a bygone age. All things considered. August 12th. Self is the gorgon. Vanity sees in it the mirror of other men and lives. Pride studies it for itself, and is turned to stone. Heretics. August 13th. You complain of Catholicism for setting up an ideal of virginity. It did nothing of the kind. The whole human race set up an ideal of virginity. The Greeks in Athene, the Romans in the Vestal Fire, set up an ideal of virginity. What, then, is your real quarrel with Catholicism? Your quarrel can only be, your quarrel really only is, that Catholicism has achieved an ideal of virginity, that it is no longer a mere piece of floating poetry. But if you and a few feverish men in top hats, running around in a street in London, choose to differ as to the ideal itself, not only from the church, but from the Parthenon, whose name means virginity, from the Roman Empire, which went outwards from the virgin flame, from the whole legend and tradition of Europe, from the line who will not touch virgins, from the unicorn who respects them, and who make up together the bearers of your own national shield, from the most living and lawless of your own poets, from Massinger, who wrote The Virgin Martyr, from Shakespeare, who wrote Measure for Measure. If you in Fleet Street differ from all this human experience, does it ever strike you that it may be Fleet Street that is wrong? The Ball and the Cross. August 14th. It cannot be too often repeated that all real democracy is an attempt, like that of a jolly hostess, to bring shy people out. For every practical purpose of a political state, for every practical purpose of a tea party, he that abaseth himself must be exalted. At a tea party it is equally obvious that he that exalteth himself must be abased, if possible without bodily violence. Tremendous Trifles August 15th, The Assumption One instant, in a still light, he saw Our Lady then. Her dress was soft as western sky, and she was a queen most womanly, but she was a queen of men. And over the iron forest he saw Our Lady stand. Her eyes were sad without an art, and seven swords were in her heart, but one was in her hand. Ballad of Alfred August 16th. I am not prepared to admit that there is or can be, properly speaking, in the world anything that is too sacred to be known. That spiritual beauty and spiritual truth are in their nature communicable, and that they should be communicated, is a principle which lies at the root of every conceivable religion. Christ was crucified upon a hill and not in a cavern, and the word gospel itself involves the same idea as the ordinary name of a daily paper. Whenever, therefore, a poet or any similar type of man can, or conceives that he can, make all men partakers in some splendid secret of his own heart, I can imagine nothing saner and more manlier than his course in doing so. Robert Browning August 17th 
Once men sang together round a table in chorus. Now one man sings alone, for the absurd reason that he can sing better. If scientific civilization goes on, which is most improbable, only one man will laugh because he can laugh better than the rest. Heretics. August 18th. All I have to urge is that I dislike the big Whiteley shop, and that I dislike socialism because it will, according to the socialists, be so like that shop. It is its fulfillment, not its reversal. I do not object to socialism because it will revolutionize our commerce, but because it will leave it so horribly the same. What's wrong with the world? August 19th. In the hollow of the gray-green hills of rainy Ireland lived an old, old woman whose uncle was always Cambridge at the boat race. But in her gray-green hollows she knew nothing of this. She didn't know that there was a boat race. Also she did not know that she had an uncle. She had heard of nobody at all except of George I, of whom she had heard, I know not why, and in whose historical memory she put her simple trust. And by and by, in God's good time, it was discovered that this uncle of hers was really not her uncle, and they came and told her so. She smiled through her tears and said only, Virtue is its own reward. The Napoleon of Notting Hill August 20th Surely the vilest point of human vanity is exactly that, to ask to be admired for admiring what your admirers do not admire. Introduction to Bleak House August 21st There is more simplicity in the man who eats caviar on impulse than in the man who eats grape-nuts on principle. Heretics August 22nd There was, until lately, a law forbidding a man to marry his deceased wife's sister. Yet the thing happened constantly. There was no law forbidding a man to marry his deceased wife's scullery maid, yet it did not happen nearly so often. It did not happen because the marriage market is managed in the spirit and by the authority of women. What's wrong with the world? August 23rd. The world and all our powers in it are far more awful and beautiful than we ever know until some accident reminds us. If you wish to perceive that limitless felicity, limit yourself if only for a moment. If you wish to realize how fearfully and wonderfully God's image is made, stand upon one leg. If you want to realize the splendid vision of all visible things, wink the other eye. Tremendous Trifles August 24th, St. Bartholomew's Day The secularist says that Christianity produced tumult and cruelty. He seems to suppose that this proves it to be bad, but it might prove it to be very good. For men commit crimes not only for bad things, far more often for good things. For no bad things can be desired quite so passionately and persistently as good things can be desired, and only very exceptional men desire very bad and unnatural things. Most crime is committed because, owing to some peculiar complication, very beautiful and necessary things are in some danger. For instance, if we wanted to abolish thieving and swindling at one blow, the best thing to do would be to abolish babies. Babies, the most beautiful things on earth, have been the excuse and origin of almost all the business brutality and financial infamy on earth. If we could abolish monogamic and romantic love, the country would be dotted with maiden assises. Religious Doubts of Democracy August 25th. 
there are only three things in the world that women do not understand, and they are liberty, equality, and fraternity. What's wrong with the world? August 26th. Modern nonconformist newspapers distinguish themselves by suppressing precisely those nouns and adjectives which the founders of nonconformity distinguished themselves by flinging at kings and queens. Heretics. August 27th. Many of us live publicly with featureless public puppets, images of the small public abstractions. It is when we pass our own private gate and open our own secret door that we step into the land of the giants. Charles Dickens. August 28th. With any recovery from morbidity, there must go a certain healthy humiliation. There comes a certain point in such conditions when only three things are possible. First, a perpetuation of satanic pride, secondly tears, and third, laughter, the man who was thirsty. August 29th. Did Herbert Spencer ever convince you? Did he ever convince anybody? Did he ever for one mad moment convince himself that it must be to the interest of the individual to feel a public spirit? Do you believe that, if you rule your department badly, you stand any more chance, or one half of the chance, of being guillotined than an angler stands of being pulled into the river by a strong pike. Herbert Spencer refrained from theft for the same reason he refrained from wearing feathers in his hair, because he was an English gentleman with different tastes, the Napoleon of Notting Hill. August 30th. War is a dreadful thing, but it does prove two points sharply and unanswerably, numbers and an unnatural valor. One does discover the two urgent matters how many rebels there are alive, and how many are ready to be dead. What's wrong with the world? August 31st. Carlyle said that men were mostly fools. Christianity, with a surer and more reverent realism, says that they are all fools. This doctrine is sometimes called the doctrine of original sin. It may also be described as the doctrine of the equality of men. Heretics. End of section 8.